Tonight on the... No, move left. No, no, go back. Almost there. Yes, okay, perfect. Although, this gag isn't gonna work unless you're listening in stereo. Tonight, tonight, on the Comedy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Commune Podcast. Today we will begin going over Sound Voyager, a member of the Bit Generation series for Game Boy Advance. But before getting into Sound Voyager, I just wanted to ask, Zanrio, how have you been doing? I've been doing good. I've just moved. Oh yeah, so uh, are you all done with that? Yeah, so I'm into my new place How is the new place? Yeah. It's okay, it's like a um, student dorm thingy, so... And how far have you gotten in Sound Voyager? I've played most of the games. Okay. Fox, how have you been doing? I've been alright. All right. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, how far have you gotten in Sound Voyager? I got to the end of Sound Chase, where my blind policeman was able to capture the criminals. <laughs> That's not a comforting thought. <laughs> it took a lot of trial and error, but he did it. <laughs> a couple casualties. Can't make an without breaking a few eggs. <laughs> Can't make eggs without breaking stuff. Uh, alright. Um. <laughs> what are you breaking? <laughs> the law. Presumably. <laughs> Shouty, how have you been doing? I'm doing well. Alright. And how much of Sound Voyager have you played? Uh, like a third, maybe. Okay. Yourself, how have you been doing? Uh, just fine. Alright, that's acceptable. And how much of Sound Voyager have you played? About the whole left half, and then... Enough on the right half to have tried each of the mini games. Okay, so you did that thing where, like, you hug the inside curve. Right. Okay. And Adrian, how have you been doing? Sweet and sour. <laughs> All right. I don't know what that means, but it sounds interesting. It means I have the sauce. It means I have to enjoy my summer vacation as much as I can before I have to go back to being a full-time student. Uh. Yeah, neither. So how much of Sound Voyager have you played? I reached the end of Sound Drive. I have only played like a sliver of Sound Voyager, to be honest, playing the inside curve of the left half. I find it hard to make time for Sound Voyager, partly because of a lack of interest and partly because, like, even in games I'm not interested in, if I just have some free time while chatting with people, like Saturday morning or something like that, then uh, I can open a game and mess around. Like, that's how I, I played Darius Twin. But yeah. Sound Voyager, you can't really do anything else during. It requires a lot of concentration. Yeah, you can't really talk to people. You kind of need everything to shut up and listen carefully. Yeah. Maybe I need, like, a Google Talk plugin where... Uh, Pressing left. How about, right a, like, how about a, a, a GPS for Sound Voyager? A 
GPS or something. Yeah, like it says turn left for the next sound. Yeah. What? Um. Turn left at the next cow moo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your GPS does if you use it in, like, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> That's a That's a significant population of our listeners, too. I know, we've just lost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't turn left when the cow mooed. So, Fox, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I wrapped up Wizardry 1, and I've been doing Okami to wash the taste out of my mouth. Hmm, is that to say uh, Wizardry 1 was not a positive experience? It was a learning experience. It's very informative on understanding how RPGs of that era were influenced by it. Whoa, whoa, wait. Are you talking like NES Wizardry 1 or old PC Wizardry 1? IBM PC. Wow. So what is one uh, nugget of information that you took from Wizardry? My understanding is it's trying its best to emulate the D&D experience on crappy computers, which and what they got out of the D&D experience is that you should be trying to kill the player as often as you can without caring about fairness <laughs> or balance. I guess being a DM was a lot funner back then. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. Shouty, what have you been playing lately? I just finished one of the endings for the Muramasa Rebirth first half of the DLC, where you get to play as a cat, lady, demon. This is the Vita game? Yeah. All right. And how did you like the cat lady? She's pretty fun to play as. Uh, only if you're playing as the cat. In Vanilla Muramasa, you have, uh, you have two different kinds of weapons. You have long swords and, and normal swords. And long swords take, uh, they're, they're stronger, but, uh, they're more deliberate in their, in their swings. So, with the cat lady, you have the cat and the lady to control. And the lady is like the long sword, but like, I guess it's a more quick version of the long sword. And the cat is just crazy fast, so I enjoy playing as that more. Huh, okay. Yeah, I never used the long swords really in the vanilla game. Usually they had better special attacks, so that's why they were useful to keep around. And I think they maybe had a better air combo, but generally speaking, like, fast was way more fun to play. Yeah, that's probably the cat's much more enjoyable to play as. I think the it's other. It's more fun to. Other what? Oh, I was going to say the other thing that might have been the case with the long swords is that when they start really piling the enemies on you, the recovery time on the long sword is just too long and it's so easy for another enemy to just jump in and hit you from behind. Whereas yeah, you don't have that, that problem too. with the fast sword. Okay. But yeah. There's, there's nothing more cathartic than playing as a, a furry ball of teeth and claws. That sounds gross. So is it worth <laughs> buying a Vita for? <laughs> Every game on the Vita library is worth buying a Vita for. What's that platformer? <laughs> that you Gravity played? Rush. Oh, Tearaway? Yeah, Tearaway. I do I do want to play Tearaway. Yeah, it's fun. Ah, so you've played it too, uh, Zanriel? Yes, um, I recently got the Vita because GameStop had a, had a sale, so I could get a game and the memory card 
for three for just high source of ether. So and Tearaway was once the game for that offer, so so I lost that one. Alright. Yourself, what have you been playing lately? I started up this week uh the mysterious Murasame Castle, that uh Japanese NES game that finally came out on virtual console. Too bad it's still in Japanese. That doesn't really affect it at all. <laughs> I like it a lot. I guess it's more like Zelda 2 than Zelda, really, except for the top-down perspective. There's limited lives, and you're more looking to spend your time mapping out the most efficient path through a dungeon so that you can get all the power-ups without doing any extraneous rooms. Okay. So it still has exploration, even though it's ostensibly more linear because it has stages instead of a, a world map. So it's, it's still got that Zelda 1 kind of flavor to it, but maybe a little more honed for combat. Yeah, because of the fact that you don't have to do puzzles, though, and you don't have a persistent map, it's, yeah, there's just more of a memorization feel to the navigation. Mm. It's not really much a, it's not, it's less of an adventure, more of just straight up action game. Yeah, it's like a maze action game, I guess. Okay. Adrian, what have you been playing lately? <laughs> Save me for last because I've probably been playing the most games. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Zelda Second Quest, uh, that's been going mixed, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, Ninja Gaiden, and that one, well, it's gotten to a point where that's also mixed too, and that might be because of what Fox was saying, where they try to make the game hard, but not really in a way that's necessarily fair, but I'll have to investigate that further to see if it is fair or not. I've been playing Yeast, Oath, and Falgana, and that game, that game's great. That game's good. And lastly, I've been playing Super Metroid, which I just beat last week, and I had the whole commune watching, so that was a triumphant moment for me. <laughs> I did not have that luxury for Metroid 1 or Metroid 2, so that was great. And now I've started Metroid Fusion. So those are the games I've been playing. You gotta have everybody there for the glorious explosion at the end of Super. Yeah. All right. And Sanrio, what have you been playing lately? Yeah. Um, recently, the Rayman Origins. Oh, nice. Yes. Rayman Origins. Yeah. Wait, is that console? the second one or the first? Um, That's the PS3. first one. The first um, three. Oh. Yeah. So what'd you think of it? Yeah. Good. It gets really hard at the end. Like, the last few levels I was stuck there for, for hours. Okay. Yeah. Did you get Rayman Legends yet? Yeah, yeah. I got that long ago. Um, how much did you beat of it? I beat the last level. And oh, alright. So if you You're aware that, that Rayman Origins levels are in Rayman Legends, right? The Rayman Origins levels... Yeah, oh. they're in Rayman Legends. Yeah. So if you had to choose, which game do you prefer, Legends or Origins? I'd say Legends. Alright. Sound Voyager is an audio-centric game for the Game Boy Advance. In fact, it's so audio-centric that you can play it without seeing it. Here, we're going to detail six of the seven minigames from Sound Voyager, and discuss how they work as simply as we can. 
So for this time, I just wanted to talk about the basics of Challenge and Sound Voyager, get a sense of how the game works, because it's pretty unusual in that all of the game can be played blind, without visuals. And it's, I think that's a new experience for each one of us. So Zanrio, I was wondering if you could pick one of the mini-games from Sound Voyager and uh, just talk about how easy or hard it is for you compared to the other yeah. mini-games. Okay. Yeah, so um, Home Chase, I think that's a bit harder than a lot of the other games because you have to concentrate on two things at once. Yeah, that is true. Usually you're just uh, aiming towards one sound, but in Sound Chase, you have to... Let... Some sounds are good, some sounds are bad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you have to follow one sound, but you also have to avoid another kind of sound and concentrate on both at the same time, and that gets a bit confusing. So it sounds like the source of the challenge there is, like, I guess you could wrap it up in the word multitasking. Yeah. Okay. Fox, I was wondering if you could pick a mini-game and talk about how hard it is for you. Uh, sure. I, I had some trouble with Slalom. Sound Slalom? Yeah. And is that one relatively easy or relatively hard? I'd say it's relatively hard, but yeah, it, it probably varies. Where would you say the uh, difficulty comes from? The, f- the biggest hurdle I had was uh, realizing that pressing A would make you go faster. For, for, the, long, for the longest <laughs> part, I had just been trying to go through the, the slaloms, and I was doing it, but I was still failing the time, and I was wondering what the hell was going on. <laughs> I had the same problem with sound chase. Just like that knowledge barrier where, like, if I had a manual, it would have been a lot easier. Yeah. So once you knew that you could hold the A button, though, did it, I mean, it must have been easier. It was easier, but I still had trouble because missing, missing any of the slums, you'd lose some time. And that ended up killing me a lot later on. Okay. How would you describe the source of challenge in sound slalom? About the same as any other where... When there's a time limit, you're trying to focus on where the sounds are coming from and, and placing where the, where the swallows are, and trying not to panic when you realize the time's going down. It's, it's trying to, I think trying to keep calm is a big part of it. It's hard to keep calm when the timer is ticking so loudly, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult to concentrate on sounds as it is, and then that timer kind of messes with that. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shouty, I was wondering if you could pick a mini-game and discuss the source of its challenge. I think the source of Sound Cannon's challenge is, uh... I don't know if it's just me, but I think the targets in Sound Cannon are moving around. Yeah, so, they are. Well, that's just bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> because well, the point is to, to pinpoint the sound, not to pinpoint a moving target sound. But you're applying a different standard to sound than you do to visuals. Like, if a target was moving in Gradius, you wouldn't say that that was unfair. I might like Gradius more like that, if nothing moved. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard to to visualize sound when it's moving around. Yeah, it is. I think that that is the challenge of sound canon, isn't it? To try and figure out the trajectory of the sound. Are they moving in a pattern, or is it just random? I've only played the first sound cannon, but the ones that move, I think, move in a circle. Oh, like, they, they well, orbit you. They just spiral around. I think that's how it works. See, <clears throat> I, I think I would like it, or I would prefer it, if um, 
And they moved in different patterns, like sine waves or different kind of sine waves. So would that make it easier or just add variety? I think it would just be both. Okay. Because if they're moving in a circle, then I'm trying to follow them. But I'm also trying to um, shoot at them. So I have to shoot at where they're going, not where they are when I hear them. Right, you have to lead your shots. Yeah. I can't. And that's really, it's really difficult when I'm using cheap headphones, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have like $10 earbuds, too. But I'll get to that later. I have hand-me-downs for my brother-in-law, so maybe you should consider having a (laughs) brother-in-law. So, Shadi, would you say, would you say that Sound Cannon is relatively hard or relatively easy compared to the minigame set in Sound Voyager? Well, your only time limit is, uh, getting hit by the targets trying to shoot at. So, it's really all or nothing in terms of the time limit, but compared to, um, Sound Slalom, I'd say it's easier. Okay. So that's the only other game I played. Okay. Yourself, I was wondering, man, I need to stop leading with that. Uh, yourself, could you name a mini game from Sound Voyager and uh, discuss the source of its difficulty? The main mini game is Soundcatcher, which is just where you have uh, a wide field of play and then sounds sort of scattered across it, and you just have to align your X axis with the sound. So, Soundcatcher is probably the lowest pressure uh, of the games because there's actually no way to lose. It'll just go on forever if you don't do what you're supposed to. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the easiest, or at least uh, I've had more trouble with certain Soundcatcher levels than I have with other the mini games. It has the most variety in challenge, like the first sound catcher level is actually significantly easier than later ones because of the variation that they add to the sounds that makes them more difficult to pinpoint. So there's not much variety in the gameplay mechanics and how you interact with sound catcher, but the sounds you're listening to get very varied over the course of the game? Yeah, that's how they... um It's sort of like the game's version of enemy variation. It gives you patterns that are in some way more difficult to follow or sounds that are in some way more difficult to follow, and that's when it gets hard. Hmm. Like in the farm stage, there's a mooing cow sound, and that is like an intermittent sound, so you can't just listen to the constant volume of it to track it. Ah, I see. Okay. So if you had to compare, like, uh, the easiest sound catch... Yeah, the easiest sound catcher stage with the easiest stage from any of the other minigames, would you say, like, would you say it's relatively easy or relatively hard? I think it ranks somewhere in the middle. Like, I would say sound drive is definitely easier. Sound cock is probably easier. But some of them are harder. Again, it's difficult to pinpoint because the challenge is a bit different where it's a persistent challenge. And are you scored for it? I don't think you are. I think it records your best time. Okay, yeah, so that's the score. 
So to truly compare Soundcatcher to the other games, I think you need to compare, like, a good scoring run. Yeah, because you can just play Soundcatcher forever, right? Yeah, to complete it is kind of trivial. I mean, you'll get it eventually. I think Soundcatcher, like, I don't know if I'm comfortable saying it's the easiest to complete, but it's definitely the easiest to convince myself to sit down and play, just because it's pleasant to come across the different sounds and how they all mix together. And I just never feel like having to navigate traffic. Like, that's not a pleasant soundscape <laughs> for me. I like you know, to think of Soundcatcher as the training grounds for your ears. Just prepare yeah. yourself for the mini games. Yeah, that is a good way of uh, thinking about it. I wouldn't even really say that Soundcatcher is actually the easiest. Because one of the endings is actually one that isn't even listed in the commune, which is the central one, which I think is just a, the hardest sound catcher there is. And the one thing about sound catcher as opposed to, you know, sound chaser, sound drive is whereas those things have like five distinct lanes, uh, sound catcher is pretty analog. It's like there's not five lanes. It's like you can scroll through 20 different pixels or however, however long it is. That definitely makes it harder. And yeah. uh, Sound Cannon, well, all of them except for the traffic ones are like that, and that definitely elevates it. Yeah. Um, there is one, there are a couple of tricks to Soundcatcher to make it easier, although I think I might be getting ahead of the conversation at that point. Oh, yes, actually. <laughs> are we at the point where we're talking about the skill involved or not? Not yet, because Adrian... Okay. I need you to pick a minigame and tell me what about it is hard. So the game I was playing is actually Sound Drive. And to be honest, compared to what I've viewed here, it might actually be one of the simpler ones because it's just a, a basic reflex test. You hear the sound. If you hear from you know, both speakers and your headphones, move away, pick any way you want. If you hear from coming from the left or from the right, you per, you're pretty much safe, so you just have to do nothing and, you know, don't freak out. And that's about all there is to, you know, Sound Drive. The only thing that kept me from completing Sound Drive 3, which is the last one in the route, is that there have been moments where I swear I heard it on my left, but it still hit me anyway, so maybe the targets do actually move or Maybe my ears are just bad. You do know that there can be two cars at once, right? Like, there can be two things coming at you at the same time. Yeah, usually, but usually when that happens, it's, you know, one comes first and then another comes, like, right after, not at the same time. I haven't experienced that. And in the moments that it did kill me, there's very clearly only one sound, not two of them. Moving on, Shouty, uh, what was the game that you played, one? I tried Soundcatcher, one. Okay, and was that easier or just as hard with your eyes closed? I think it was harder. Why do you think that is? I think the controls in Sound Voyager in general are kind of slidey, so I didn't yes. know how much I was moving uh. in, in, in relation to how long I was holding down the, the direction button. 
don't think there's uh, stopping momentum, but there's definitely friction to your startup. So that the longer you hold the shoulder button for the first like half a second or so, you will keep speeding up. Uh, and that's not something that's easy to pick up on just by listening to it. I I don't think I would know that unless I had watched like the little dots in the background. Yeah. Wait, I did you say did you say shoulder buttons? Don't you mean the D-pad? I use the it's shoulder buttons. Oh, okay. So either work. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I needed to see how far I was moving just to make sure I, how precise I needed to feel the sound coming through my ears. Yeah, I feel like when I hear a sound, I can sort of plot it on the screen with my eyes and then fixate on that position. You know, even if I could could hypothetically do that in my head, it's easier when I have that grid to look at. Exactly. All right. Zanrio, have you been able to play Sound Chase Blind? I've heard of the Chase Blind because then I can see the green dots popping off and yeah. Yeah, you get that little hint at the beginning if you have your eyes open uh, for most of the games, actually. Yeah, well, I only really played level one of this, so... Yeah, so, um, even if it disappears, it sometimes shows up again, and for a moment, and then you can see where it is. Okay. Yeah. Fox, uh, with Sound Slalom, were you able to play it blind? For Sound Slalom and for all the games, I tried to play it blind... And at first, it was a little harder, uh, but I think the more I forced myself into it, I, I, it was it eventually became easier to play it blind than play it with my eyes open. Huh. Why is that easier with your eyes closed now? I know you guys were saying that you found the grid easier to stabilize where the sounds was coming from, but it's it seems to be more distracting to me. It, at least that I think I was focusing less on the sounds themselves than trying to position them, and I think that was a distracting force for me. Ah... Uh. So that uh, you can't literally see the sound. So whatever thing you happen to see in the grid might be off from what's actually happening. Right. Okay. Yourself, uh, did you play Sound Cannon Blind? Uh, oh, I get Sound Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I played all of them blind. I'm with Fox. I think the game, you lose some of the hints when you close your eyes, but... I think that it eventually becomes easier to play. You don't really need the flickering grid. I, I mean, I just didn't find myself visualizing the positions at all. Like, the sound had a position in my head, I guess, where I could tell when it was in the center. For Soundcatcher, it was probably the easiest, or the biggest difference between eyes or no eyes. But yeah, I, I didn't have any problem playing blind. Sound Cannon, I think, was kind of hard, though. I mean, sound cannon's hard to start with. So, what is the major difference between playing sound catcher blind and not blind? There are, I guess, two major differences. One is that if you're using your eyes, you do get more hits. Uh, as Shouty mentioned, you can see the movement of the dot. You can see the grid sparkling, which uh, also is an indicator. You could actually play sound catcher without volume, because you could use the grid, and you have that little waveform up at the top of the screen that tells you how close you are to the sound. Is that just the wave, like the, man, I don't remember my wave terminology, but the uh, the frequency, I guess, gets bigger as you get closer to the sound? 
No. Frequency increases as you accelerate towards the sound, but that's not what's happening. The, I think it's just a visual aid. I don't think it's actually representative of anything. Okay. You're thinking of, like, the Doppler effect, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's only when you're accelerating or decelerating. Okay. So anyway, there was that, and then, as Fox said, I thought, uh, not having to look at things, just I was able to hear the sounds more clearly or concentrate on them more easily. You didn't have that visual distractor. Yeah. All right. Adrian, have you been able to play Sound Drive Blind? Yes, I have. And was it easier or harder blind? Kind of neither. I mean, the game is is such a simple enough reflex test that you can that I could play it, you know, with the visuals and it really wouldn't affect me much at all. But it is more helpful to play it blind because For that, uh, clarity. Yeah, as it's, as it's been mentioned, uh, just having those visuals there can be a bit of a distractor. Because while we're used to, you know, looking and hearing things and being able to absorb two sources of information at the same time, we're not really good at focusing on them both. Where we have to trade or we focused on one or the other. You have to pick one. So, Fox, what was the key to improving at Sound Voyager? Just keeping at it, I guess. I think it's just trying to keep at it blind made me focus more on exactly what the audio cues were actually looking for, or how to differentiate between left, center, and right a little better. So it's building up that familiarity with the sounds used and also uh, getting more in touch with what direction your ears are pointing towards. Yeah, it's yeah definitely understanding how the Game Boy Advance is telling me where sound is coming from. Okay. Yourself, have you improved at the game over the course of uh, playing it? Yeah, I have. There are some minimal cues or just things that you learn about the game, like in Soundcatcher, for instance, when you pass a sound, it resets you to a center location uh, so that if the sound was on your left before, it'll be on your left again after you pass it. Oh. Um, there are little details like that, uh, and like the fact that the um, enemies in Sound Cannon are moving. Uh, but the biggest thing that made a difference to me was I learned my, uh, like, headphones or my ears better because I figured out what exactly something that's in the center sounds like. Like, weirdly, to me, it sounds slightly right of center, and I don't know if that's my headphones or just that my right ear is stronger. Oh, you can adjust that in the options. Yeah. Regardless, figuring that out made a big difference on uh, making the game easier. Okay. To chime in on that, I think part of how I got better was understanding that it wouldn't be dead center and trying to like, get it perfect is understanding where you keep you a little off and you'll still adjust for that. I'm still trying to learn where exactly that center point is for me. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I just think of like my right eyeball, and that's where it is. Xanrio, <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> have you improved at Sound Voyager? Yeah, I think so. And what do you think is the cause of that? Getting used to the type of gameplay and type of game. So just uh, building in that familiarity. Yeah. So once I learned actually, and once I tried playing a bit and seeing what worked, then I got stiff by this. So some of it was just experimentation. Yeah. 
Okay. Adrian, have you improved at the game? Yes, of course. And a lot of that is just uh, simple adaptation. And I don't just mean like playing it blind and then trying to recognize when the sound was actually in the center of the screen, but also little things like how long do I hold the D-pad? Do I tap it a little bit when I'm getting near to the center just for that extra bit of precision? Do I hold it more until I stumble upon the sound by accident? You know, just little things like that. And also, you know, committing to short-term memory. What does it actually sound like when it's in the right place? Of course, one way that I've been getting better that I don't like is in Soundtrack 3, where I'm losing enough to the point where I'm actually memorizing exactly where they're going to be, and that's not a way of getting better at the game that (laughs) I want. But... It's going to happen whether I like it or not. I'm just going to remember, oh, I move left and then go back to center here. Oh, I move left again, go back to center here. And then I just do that for the whole minute and a half that the level lasts. And yeah, that's one way of I've been improving that I don't want to, but hey, what can I do? Although hopefully now that I've given the game a rest, I can probably go back to it and play it less with memorization. Yeah, playing the game for the first time, I just assumed stuff like that would be randomly generated so that you couldn't memorize it. Turns out it's not. <laughs> but uh, I'm not so sure about the sound catchers, though. I have no idea if those are randomly generated or not. I don't think they are. I'm pretty sure they're uh, consistent location. The only thing about sound catcher that makes it harder to memorize, aside from the fact that it's much more drawn out than sound drive, is that if you miss a sound enough times, a different sound will come up. So the game just moves you on eventually. Yeah. And Shouty, have you improved at the game? I don't know. I'm not sure if I can call it an improvement. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think you could pinpoint what's holding you back from making more progress? I think my headphones are crap. Uh, It's a technology issue. Yeah, that, and I don't have a very faithful bond with my sense of hearing. Mm. You kind of need headphones for this game, too, because I don't really think they intended for you to play this with the speakers in the Game Boy Advance. (laughs) Well, there's only one speaker, so you can't play with mono. (laughs) So, of course, you can't play with the speakers. I wonder if the game itself comes with headphones. Maybe they have come with special headphones that are. I don't know. Do you think really any Japanese precise? people don't exist? That, or any Japanese people <laughs> exist that don't have headphones? Um, Maybe that's why know. they didn't release it over here. They didn't have faith that we had good enough ears. Yeah, or good enough headphones. <laughs> so uh, it sounds like you're just not used to having your ears tested, and that this is an unusual test for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to having, you know, when you go get your checkup at the doctor's office, you have one, each ear tested individually. Yeah. You don't have them tested at the same time, so that's that's where it gets kind of muddled up for me. Being able to manage both ears at once. Yeah. And uh, put together the clues in 3D space. Or I guess. Yeah, 3D. it's it's like it's like trying to use your ears like chameleon's eyes. Each one has to work separately. Yeah, we have that power. (laughs) Well, I don't want to use it. It takes too much energy. (laughs) All right. 
Thank you, everyone, for joining me for some discussion on Sound Voyager. To wrap up, I was wondering, Adrian, are there any other blind-friendly games you'd be interested in playing? Like, uh, just genres? I have no idea, because, I mean, the thing with Sound Voyager is that there's not that much to say about it. I mean, it's not quite a pure skill game, but it's pretty close to it, where all it is is it just tests one thing. And only that one thing, and there's not really much complexities you're gonna build over time to, you know, augment your lack of skill in one area. It's pretty much get good with your ears and that's about it. That or memorize the levels. So how interested I am for other games of that kind? Not the most, but I mean, I'm, I'm all up for it. Well, just for, I guess just to explain things deeper or further, that Pitchfork article talks a lot about a first person shooter that is blind-friendly, called Swamp. Huh. Is it blind-friendly because it has a good soundscape, or do they just trial and error to the point they have the level memorized? (laughs) No, it has a good soundscape, and, well, at the time of writing, it had a decent blind community, and then there was, like, a a really basic visual display for non-blind people to play along. Huh. Yeah, the article talks about how uh, he had to pick up on... You know, here's how my feet sounded on the sidewalk versus the grass versus the swamp. And uh, he described a process that people had for going down aisles of a convenience store together uh, in order to, like, clear it out really efficiently uh, in the game. Not, not in clear general. the convenience store out as fast as possible. <laughs> well, are, it's are a, it's blind a, people robbing convenience stores? <laughs> Is that what I need to be worried about? <laughs> in swamp, not... In the real life. <laughs> I think you would have heard about the other thing. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe they're so good that no one knows they're blind. <laughs> um, so yourself, uh, would you be interested in seeing any variations on blind-friendly gameplay? Oh, well, I wouldn't be seeing them now, would I? <laughs> uh... Yeah, I mean, I would definitely try something else out. I I don't exactly like the game that is Bit Generations just because it's so simple. Um, but or I don't like I don't know like the specific gameplay. But I did really enjoy or appreciate that it got me to use my ears better and listen to stuff better. More than anything, it makes me just want to get good headphones and listen to some music. It, uh, you grew as a person. Yeah, it really changed me. <laughs> Fox, would you be interested in seeing any particular genre made blind-friendly? I think a lot of genres are blind-friendly, as long as they can be converted to like a, a text-heavy format. Can you name one in particular? I'd say like dungeon crawlers. If you just try to like Zork uh, and then have everything right out to the player, then you've got a, audio, uh, a blind friendly product. Yeah. I think uh, that Pitchfork article also mentioned there was an audio friendly version of some really old text adventure for iPhone where it does do what you just explained. Cool. So there are games on tape? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Basically, yeah. Choose your own adventure on tape somehow. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you yell at the car speakers until something happens. <laughs> um, Sanrio, are there any genres you'd like to see blind-friendly? Well, I I don't know about any specific genres, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more, guy, more games like that, because it's oh, hmm, interesting. Is it a different experience? This game, and yeah, so pretty cool to see. So you'd be uh, open just to see what else people could do? Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Shouty, are there any genres you would be interested in seeing blind-friendly? Hmm. I think a stealth game could work. Oh, because yeah. that is already very, uh, relies a lot on proper soundscapes, right? Yeah. Uh, I I would like to see a blind friendly platformer to be honest. I cuz that I don't know how that could work. But uh yeah. someone made it work on there. It seems like you could I don't know, it seems like it'd be doable. You just I feel like your character would have to make sound to indicate like what direction they were moving. Like well, you know, while you're well, going up in a jump arc, the sound would go up in pitch, and then when you're falling down, the sound would go down in pitch. What about Hammer Knight? In- that game has a really intricate soundscape. You know, that's what I thought Greg was going to say. I thought he was going to be a and say, I want a blind-friendly rhythm game. I don't think rhythm games are that blind-friendly. Well, you don't not? hear any. You, well, you don't hear anything unless you hit the cue. No, well, uh, rhythm heaven maybe, but yeah, you can't do like uh, DDR. In, yeah, yeah, DDR, but they're accusing harmonite. Oh, okay. Thinking about what yourself said, Burning Rangers, uh, you have a pretty distinct sound every time you jump, because you have that jetpack flaring up, and as you walk around, your footsteps make a very conspicuous sound. Uh, fire definitely gets louder as you get close to it. That might actually be playable blind. So do you want to commune Burning Rangers, but with the special requirement that everyone has to keep their eyes closed? <laughs> that would go so well. <laughs> I can only imagine good things happening. How far did you get? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, to reference the Pitchfork article once again, apparently part of the difficulty playing games blind is being able to navigate menus. Yeah, that's what I was thinking in Sound Voyager. Its menu is not navigable via sound only. You kind of expect him to say what you're hovering over. Yeah, that's what I would think, too. Hmm. Well, I mean, different sound capture levels make different noises, depending on which noises that are featured in that sound capture level. Do the, like, so does sound chase make a car honk when you hover over it? Yeah. I think Probably. so. I mean, and I, I know that sound cannon makes the cannon noise. Oh man, I never even noticed. But for instance, how would you quit a stage? Cause it says A to retry or B to quit or something like that. Oh. Or like if you um, die. Yeah, you would just need to memorize that. You just need to know, well, isn't that like common video game knowledge? A is confirm and B is decline. Uh, yeah, but this game is stupid and it switches them. Or, 
the first time it's A is yes and B is no, and then it flips them when it asks you, are you sure? Oh, yeah. Are you sure? <clears throat> so, Shouty, while we're here, any final words? Um, uh, anything I have said is not, um, accountable. All right. Yeah, that, that, that'll hold up in a court of law. Zanrio, <laughs> 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 any final words? Not really. Right. I said the last time I was going to say. Yeah. Adrian, any final words? Uh, I would be enough up for another one of these mid generations games or just you know raw challenge kind of games or even just sound based. But at the moment, uh, there are other games that I kind of want to play and not those. I mean, I'm up for it, but just not now. I'll still be playing Sound Voyager just because I want to see all the you know all the levels. But I am going I am going to blind my put a blindfold on myself and have it recorded on a webcam just to show that I am playing this game blind. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> Regular David Blaine. I uh I think it would be neat. I already told this joke, but I got to tell it again. I think it would be neat to do a uh, screen cap LP of Sound Voyager. <laughs> uh, Fox, any yeah, final sure. words? I'd I'd like to see feedback from somebody who is naturally blind or playing this game, just to see what the, how different the experience or how similar the experience would be uh, compared to someone who is used to seeing all the lives or relying on sight. So you think uh, like asking a blind person about these games might be interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's definitely yeah. a good point. Yeah, I agree. Because I think uh, a lot of the challenge for a non-blind person is getting used to relying on a on a, on a secondary sense and adjusting to that. But if, if if that's already your primary sense, then I wonder what kind of what their experience would be. Yeah, Dylan, can you arrange uh, an interview with a blind person instead of a interview with a game developer? It would be really nice to be able to find, like, a blind gamer, but... Can't you just go to, like, whatever... No, something that was mentioned in that Pitchfork thing. Yeah, there... Didn't that have stuff about blind gamer forums? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It is starting to feel awkward at that point, though. (laughs) Like, uh... Here's our token blind person. Yeah, like, hey, black guy, come tell us what you think about this rap music. <laughs> um, man, what is it like? Uh, exploitation. Sure. Yourself, any final words? Um, how are we gonna do another podcast about this? I don't know. We'll have to play and and find out. All right, I can't wait. There's definitely more than just what makes this game hard. Sure is. Yeah, that's what makes this game easy. Thank you. All music in this podcast was taken from Sound Voyager. That car crash sound effect is from http colon slash slash 
freesfx.co.uk and it's vehicle crash large glass mp 3 I leave you with this final thought. When I say there's more to Sound Voyager than just what makes it hard, I mean, what gives it aesthetic worth? Is there a meaningful juxtaposition of elements? Is there a rising and falling action? Are there motifs? All that stuff. It's easy to write off simplistic games as only having worth in their challenge, but doing so only sells them short. Sound Voyager is no different. So Adrian, I just pulled Wario fan. He's bringing results back for us as as we speak. How many art style games are on DSi, or how many were from the GBA games remade? So only one bit generations remakes remake Digilux. Digidrive. Digidrive, yes, because he corrected himself. Oh, so I and... actually have the art style Rotozoa or Pentazoa or whatever it's called on the WiiWare. What did you yeah, think of it? It was hard, but like that simple kind of hard. Because all it is is you're just a weird, like, I don't know, bacteria or whatever with these large tentacles, and you rotate them around, and you have to get these tentacles to hit other balls of the right color and not hit the ones of the wrong color, otherwise it you know, falls apart. And you make them get longer and longer, which makes it easier to hit other, you know, other balls that you don't want to hit. And yeah, that's, that's what it is. Very simple, but it's a lot, a lot harder than it looks, especially in the later levels when there's a bunch of those things coming all over the place. Yeah, the other ones aren't sound oriented, are they? I mean, Orbeant certainly isn't. I have that. The concept yeah. of bit generations is just to have super simple novel gameplay. Yeah, Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Orbeam's actually pretty good. It's a fun puzzle game. I mean, if you like physics puzzle games. Yeah, Pentazoa. I I swear that's what it's called. I'm pretty sure it's Pentazoa. I think it's... I thought it was Rotozoa, but I think Roto... I might be mixing it with Roto X. Hang on, let me, let me see. Rotozoa. Roto... Yeah, it's Rotozoa. Okay, it's not Pentazoa. Yeah, I only thought Pentazoa because the most you can have are five. You know, five of those tentacles. Hey, maybe I should just bring Wario Fan in and have him explain everything on the call. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if he accepts. Oh, that's why. Its its alternate name is Pentatentacles. That's why I got it confused. Cubello or whatever was not too great. Aw. Pentacles? Okay. I got that one because it was free, but I don't know. Enhancer, what the heck? Yeah, I guess he may be doing something, I don't know. Some people have lives. Um, uh, but <laughs> the moral of the story is that the... Uh, oh, so Wario Fan says the bit generation games that are stuck on GBA are Sound Voyager, Colorist, and Boundish. Wow, there are a lot more than I thought there were. All right, well, thanks everyone for joining. I guess that's it for this time.